Act Three of the Romantic Young Lady by Gregorio Martinez Sierra, translated by Harley Granville Barker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three. We are at Doña Barbarita's house again. It is evening. The window stands open. Rosario, her three brothers, and Doña Barbarita are present. Doña Barbarita is seated in an armchair near the table, smiling, as always. She is looking at an illustrated weekly. Rosario, buried in the sofa, wears an expression of profound ill-humor, which she tries neither to conquer nor conceal. The three brothers, once more, are all about to go out, but this time they are all in mourning clothes. Emilio, standing near the table, has just finished sealing a letter to his absent fiance. Pepe is carefully smartening himself. Mario is by the window looking out. Pepe to Mario. Is it going to rain again tonight? I don't think so. Not a cloud. Nor a breath of air. If there is a storm, it'll get cooler. There won't be... Doña Barbarita, fanning herself with her newspaper. One can't breathe. Dear Grandmama, if there's no air, at least there's lots of cigarette smoke. And the boys enjoy that, even if we don't. And she beats the air with her handkerchief. Hello? How long have you disliked tobacco? Ever since I first smelt it. You might have mentioned it earlier. Who am I to interfere with your pleasures? Mario throws his cigarette out of the window. Oh, please don't start being unselfish. Now. Mario looks at her with amazement, but says nothing. Maria Peppa comes in with a letter. A letter? Rosario, rousing suddenly. Give it to me. It's for Signor Pepe. Rosario flings back on the sofa again. Were you expecting one? I? Whoever writes to me? My dear Rosario, what's the matter with you? Nothing. What should be? Emilio to Maria. Nothing for me? Nothing. Nor by the afternoon post? Sure? Nothing. It's very odd. Two days running. No letter. Perhaps she has heard how well you amuse yourself without her, so why not without your letters as well? If I were she, I'd throw you over tomorrow. My dear girl. Mario goes to Rosario, takes her wrist with one hand, feels her forehead with the other. What are you doing? Pulse rapid, head hot. I thought this bad temper wasn't natural. Rosario rises and goes from Settee. So now I'm bad-tempered, am I? No, my dear. With all your faults, you are not. That is why this exhibition of it alarms me. It's the heat. Rosario, yielding a little. I'm not ill nor cross. Really, I'm not. But bored, bored, bored. Then, let's go out somewhere. 
Come along. What about the Winter Garden? La Malaguena is doing some new dances. Is she? Ever seen her? Here's a picture of her. In the paper she is reading. Graceful, Graceful creature, creature, isn't, isn't she? she? I love her. I love her. Yes. She has got that spice of something. Rosario rages, but nobody notices. But they say she's getting quite spoiled. All these painters and writers that crowd round her only make her do things that don't suit her at all. Nonsense! She dances better than ever she did. She's a Spanish gypsy. And while she's content to remain one, she's perfect. But look at her dressed up as Madame Pompadour. Absurd! Let her dress in a blanket with a rope around her waist. Let someone introduce me to her. That's all. Now, do you know why one wants millions of money? I love her. I adore her. I worship her. When she steps on the stage, I feel funny all over. Come along, my child. Hurry. We shall be late. Thank you. I think not. Not? If you're going to swoon with ecstasy when you see her, I should have to carry you out. I'll help. What a tribute to the lady. Oh, you're going too. Good. Then to Mario. Aren't you? Worst luck. No, I've got work to do. Why don't I fall in love with a Leon comique of the music halls? Three men, highly scandalized. Really? really? Well, why shouldn't she? Bullfighters, singers, actors, dancers have always had great success with the ladies. With a certain sort of lady, no doubt. A rather foolish, hysterical sort of lady. I see. If I lose my head over Nijinsky, that's hysterics. But when you go stark mad about Pavlova, you're just three normal, sensible, healthy young men. Oh, it is quite different. There is a difference. Which I think I can explain. Rosario with a grim smile. Well? Well, it goes rather deep. He stops, not knowing indeed how to go on. If we lose our heads... He stops too. But I don't admit that we do. We are conscious... It's the difference of temperament. Don't get too tied up. There isn't any difference. But for all that, you needn't be afraid. I shan't make that sort of a fool of myself. Still, what puzzles me is how a man of real genius... Pepe, bowing. Thank you. I'm not speaking of you. Can go mad over a face that... Well, look, it's nothing wonderful. And a pretty trick of kicking her heels up. Well, are you coming or not? Not. Thank you all the same, but I'm tired. Emilio, insinuatingly. Did you take too long a walk this morning? You were very late back to lunch. And last night I fancy you were not back at all, late or early. Really, my dear girl, you're impossible. We'd better be off, 
shall be throwing things at us. Good night, Grandmama. He bids good night to his grandmother, kissing her hand. Shut the window tight in case the ghost comes back. Yes, I'm afraid these nocturnal alarms upset poor Rosario, rather. What annoys her is that the ghost didn't stay. Or abduct her. Remember the rape of the Sabines? The Sabine ladies liked it. Oh, some fellow came after the forks and spoons and made a mistake in the window. And got nothing but Rosario's slipper. And that he threw back. Well, it was too large for him. The three young men laugh heartily. Oh, do go away and leave us in peace. I'll be home early, Grandmother. Oh, yes, you're a wonderful watchdog. Well, you wouldn't let me tell the police. What's the use? There's nothing missing. We've looked. Very well. Good night. Till tomorrow. Emilio, Mario, and Pepe go out. Rosario, who has gone sulkily up to the table and picked up the illustrated paper that contains the picture of La Malaguena, almost without knowing what she is doing. All three of them. Cracked about that worthless creature. I detest men. Throws down the paper. Maria Peppa has just come on again. That's right. It is very wrong. Rosario with the air of a little girl who is enjoying her own fit of temper. Why wrong? One doesn't alter things by hating them. And is it an inevitable law of nature that some man should be able to poison one's whole life? She sits down near the table, takes a lace-making pillow which is on a chair, and begins to work furiously. Is poison quite the right word? They wipe their boots on us. And you hold your tongue. You know perfectly well that I don't like to hear women abusing men. It is exceedingly vulgar. They abuse us enough. You don't know half the things they say, and none of us know the other half. That makes it no better. If men and women can't share the burden of life between them... With the man sneaking out from under his chair whenever he can. Rosario has been trying to work at the lace she has in hand. Now she gives it up in despair, throws the lace pillow violently on the table. The bobbins roll about, mixing themselves up. I can't do this. I simply can't. The bobbins get mixed, the threads break, all the pins bend. Lace-making is idiotic work. My dear, this is like a spoiled child. Oh, and who am I spoiled by, I'd like to know? By everybody. I wish I were. By me, by your brothers, by life itself. And because in twenty-two years you have never had a pain or a sorrow, you think you've the right to behave like a baby when anything annoys you. Nothing has annoyed me. That makes it all the worse. Rosario, sitting down on the sofa and holding her head in her two hands. It's only that I've got a most awful headache. Doña Barbarita, smiling. Keep those excuses for your husband when you're married. They don't go down with other women. You have no headache. Rosario looks at her, a little alarmed, a little guiltily. 
I ask you no questions. But when a girl can't control herself, she had better shut herself in her room and not make other people uncomfortable. Maria Peppa, firing up as indignant and distressed as if she herself were being scolded. That's right. Now scold the poor child. I am not scolding her. I'm trying to teach her to control her nerves, for she'll need to know how. I like to hear you talk about nerves. If I had as many pennies as you've had attacks of nerves in your life... At the right moment. Never at the wrong. The poor dear child. Don't make a fool of yourself. And what's more important, don't make one of her. There's no need for anyone to pity her. Rosario suddenly showing both good temper and good sense. I'm sorry, Grandmama. I'm a fool, and unjust, and ill-tempered. Oh, well, if you're going to call yourself names. Rosario smiles affectionately at Maria Peppa, then sits down at her grandmother's feet, who strokes her hair soothingly. You'd better go to bed. You said you were tired. But not sleepy. She looks at the window. Doña Barbarita, following her look. Well, nor am I. So let's sit up together. To Maria Peppa. You can go if you want to. My granddaughter will help me undress. Maria Peppa, touchy as always. And I should like to know why I must be supposed to get sleepier than you. But, of course, if I'm in the way... Sit down, then, and don't talk nonsense. Maria Peppa sits down again. There is a silence. Maria Peppa yawns. Rosario sighs. Won't you read aloud a little? That would distract our minds. What about the novel we began the other night? <laughs> the one about the painter man who made a fool of the girl that sold oranges and she, having no sense at all, threw herself into the river? What's the use of a book like that? Pages and pages to tell me something that I can learn much better by sticking my own nose any day I choose into any corner of this miserable world. There was Anne Carna, the porter's daughter, taken in by just such another man. Not a painter, he taught the piano, but it's the same thing. Off he went after a while and left her with something to remember him by. She didn't throw herself into the river because it's only a foot deep, but she drank half a bottle of disinfectant, and the wonder is that she and the baby were saved. Now that's true, and the book was only lies. Have you quite finished talking nonsense? No. I think you're right, Maria. Novels are lies, and then men who write them laugh in their sleeve at us, and themselves, too. What do you know about it, my dear? I should if I were they, had such fools of women. Well, if you're not going to read, I'll put out the light. They keep telling us to save all we can, and the meter ticks it up like a taxicab. Moonlight's cheap. She turns out the light. There is a bright moon. And good. There is another silence. Too hot to sleep. Shall we tell a rosary? She takes out her rosary, and, at that moment, in through the window flies a man's straw hat, falling at their feet. Oh, what's that? Maria Peppa, picking it up. A hat? 
Rosario, very agitated, but mischievously satisfied for all that the adventure is not over. Well, now we shall see. See what, my dear? But there's no wind tonight. Rosario, frightened for her secret. Still, oh, better shut the window, perhaps. Do nothing of the sort. Let them climb up and come in. Then we shall know what this is all about. Come in? And we have our throats cut? There's not a man in the place. Come in? No, no. Outside is heard the noise of someone climbing. Shh, they're climbing up. Help, help. Be quiet. Shut the window. Leave the window alone. Help, thieves, police. Looking in her terror for something to protect herself with, she seizes the sheepdog paperweight from the table and hurls it through the window, just as a man's head appears there. It catches him full on the forehead. An exclamation follows that sounds very like a curse. Then silence. Now what have you done? I threw it at him. At who? How do I know? but it hit him hard. Oh, my God! She drops on the sofa, half fainting. The two others go to her. What's, What's the matter? matter? Nothing, that is. Seizing her grandmother's hand. Grandmama, there is something I'd better tell you. Yes, my dear, yes. Then, to get rid of Maria Peppa. Now you can shut the window. Maria Peppa, fully aware that she is being got out of the way, does so. Grandmama, last night? At this moment, there is a loud knocking on the street door. Someone at the door. The door? Obviously. It's the police. That's all you've done by screaming. Shall I go? Of course, and turn on the light. Maria Peppa goes, and in a moment her voice is heard, distressful and alarmed. Also, de Cordobas. Oh, there's nothing wrong, I assure you. Nothing at all. Holy Virgin! Whatever is the matter? Maria Peppa! Maria Peppa appears again, her eyes starting. Who is it? Is it the police? Maria Peppa shakes an agitated head. Is it... The thief? Maria Peppa, bursting into speech. I don't think he is. It's a gentleman. Show him in. Oh, he's coming in. And don't be frightened. The poor thing is wounded. Wounded? Doña Barbarita and Rosario hurry impulsively to the door, much alarmed, but before they can reach it, de Cordoba appears quite at his ease as usual. In one hand he has a handkerchief, with which he staunches the wound in his forehead, in the other the sheepdog. Nothing serious, dear ladies. Please, don't be alarmed. A slight contusion from this little objet d'art et vertu, which came flying out of the window as I was passing by, and which I now have the pleasure of returning to you intact. The sheepdog? Maria Peppa. Don't say anything more to me. I feel dreadfully about it. It was sure to be that nasty animal, too. The first thing that came. 
de Cordoba shows no sign of knowing Rosario, who, having given an exclamation almost of triumph on his appearance, now maintains an impersonal silence. I hope you will forgive my intruding on you in this rather unconventional way, but... But it is we must ask your forgiveness. Dear me, you are bleeding dreadfully. Well, if you had a bit of court plaster... Plaster won't do. We'll take more care of you than that. Sit down, please. Maria Peppa, bring me some hot water and some lint and a bandage. Maria Peppa goes out. Child, don't stand there like a statue. Come and help. She says this while through her glasses she is examining de Cordova's wound. De Cordova, with a twinkle. I do hope I haven't alarmed her. Is she very easily upset? Rosario makes an angry gesture, but approaches. The hair will have to be cut. I'll get my scissors. She goes out quickly. As soon as they are alone, de Cordoba seizes Rosario's hand. Little Rosario, are you still angry at me? I consider you utterly contemptible. With my head cut open... I didn't cut your head open, but what else did you deserve? De Cordoba, half jesting and half supplicating. Rosario. Maria Peppa enters with a beautiful antique silver water basin and jug and a basket with bandages, gauze, cotton wool, etc., and puts it all on the table. Doña Barbarita comes in after her with a pretty scissors case, a little silver bowl, and a small bottle of collodion. Everything is very dainty and pretty, as is usual with old ladies who don't any more have anything but details to live for, and who have always been accustomed to an infinite number of feminine refinements. Now, let us see. Water, Maria Peppa. Maria Peppa pours some water from the silver jug into the basin and comes up. Child, you cut the hair. Your eyes are good. Rosario, seizing the scissors which her grandmother gives her and treating de Cordoba's head with no great respect, cuts off a large lock of hair. Doña Barbarita, scandalized. My dear, not all that. Her hand is shaking. No wonder. What a shock to you all. Not in the least, thank you. But your hair is so... Tangled. Infernally tangled. And it never used to be. That's all right. I can manage now. She puts Rosario aside and sponges the wound. Now a little collodion. She applies a little. Does it smart? De Cordoba with an eloquent gesture. Oh, doesn't it? All the better. Now the bandage, child. There, the scar will hardly show. Rosario has watched his suffering with great composure, ignoring completely his appealing looks. Maria Peppa with deep sympathy. Think if it had been on the nose. Doña Barbarita, washing her hands and drying them with a towel. Now, would you like a comb and a looking-glass? De Cordoba, rising. No, indeed. 
I've given you quite enough trouble for this evening. But if I might call on you at a more reasonable hour? Why, of course. But we must introduce ourselves. I am Signora de Castellanos. And I am Louis-Philippe de Cordoba. The writer? De Cordoba, bowing. Yes. Doña Barbarita, looking at Rosario. The famous author of a spring romance? On hearing this, Maria Peppa stares at him as if he were a prehistoric animal. Am I famous? Wasn't it he wrote that beautiful story about the painter and the orange girl? And you said you were dying to know him. Now I see him, I don't wonder. Rosario, thus appealed to, is covered with confusion, but de Cordoba bows his acknowledgments to Maria Peppa. Doña Barbarita, scolding her good-naturedly. Maria Peppa! Well, he's very handsome. I'm old enough to be able to tell him so, God knows. Take all this away. Maria goes off with the bowl, jug, etc., smiling sweetly upon de Cordoba, who, when she has gone, puts his hand to his head and reels slightly. What is the matter? Oh, nothing. I, I'm a little giddy. Of course. The blow and the loss of blood. Sit down. Just keep quiet. Ah, Signora. I'll get some brandy. I'll go. No, stay where you are. I have the keys. She goes out. Once more, de Cordoba seizes Rosario's hand. Let me kiss the hand that wounded me. It was Maria Peppa's. I'd sooner think it was yours. I mightn't have aimed so well. Doña Barbarita comes back with a little decanter of brandy and a glass. Here is the brandy. She gives him some. So many thanks. Excellent brandy. You prefer it to water, with a little orange flower in it? Doña Barbarita, alert, but not knowing what on earth she means. My dear. I much prefer it. Smiling. And, for the future, I'll keep some in my study for the benefit of nervous, high-strung visitors. Ah, do many ladies come to call on you? Quite a number. Actresses and people of that sort? My dear child! De Cordoba, smiling. An actress will drop in sometimes. Well, do you feel better? Much better, thank you. Well enough to take my leave. No, indeed. I insist on your resting a little longer. Oh, but... And, my child, I think we'll all have some tea or some chocolate and cake. Maria Peppa! Maria Peppa appears so quickly that she could only have been just on the other side of the door. Well, which? Tea or chocolate? Oh, not for me, indeed. We don't often have so distinguished a guest. De Cordoba bows profoundly. And it has been a most trying ten minutes for us all. We shall be the better for a little refreshment. I shall be. She seats herself in her chair. De Cordoba is standing by the writing table. Rosario manages to say to him, You're caught now. 
Yes, it's very late, but you can't get to the theater in time to see her new dances. Will her picture console you, perhaps? She lays the illustrated paper in front of him. Very like her, isn't it? Maria Peppa has now gone for the chocolate. There is a silence. Aren't you two going to sit down? They do. And now the air of a formal call supervenes. What a charming house you have. Old-fashioned, but convenient. This is my grandson's study. He's a writer, too. De Cordoba throws out a polite ah, although he takes no interest in that whatever. We are all interested in literature and great admirers of yours. So, though we are sorry you were hurt, we can't but be pleased at the chance of meeting you. Senora, the pleasure is mine. But you have paid rather dearly for it. Oh, that wound isn't mortal. He gives a glance at Rosario. And even if it were, one man the less, one flitting ghost the more. Ah, uh, I recognize that quotation. I have the whole passage in the album I kept as a girl written out in the author's handwriting. No, I didn't know him personally, but I imitated it from a facsimile there was in the newspaper. It was quite the thing in those days to keep an album and get famous men to write and draw in it if you could. It still is. What a nuisance you must find it. A perfect plague. Yes, I feared you'd think so. But for you? Good heavens, why nothing would give me a greater pleasure. Doña Barbarita, delighted. Child, get my album at once. The last verses were written, I'm afraid, in 1865. It was still possible then to call me young and golden-haired without taxing too much poetic license. The precious album is produced. Write something romantic in it. I've not lost my love for romance. Rosario puts the album on the table. De Cordoba sits down, and she silently hands him a pen. They are now hidden from the old lady in her chair. De Cordoba, pretending to write. You don't look nearly so pretty when you're cross. I'm glad to hear it. Couldn't you relax just a little? No. Shall it be in prose or verse? As soon as she stopped talking, Doña Barbarita, overcome no doubt by fatigue, had begun to nod. The voice rouses her, but only a little. Eh? Prose or verse? Prose, if you please. Poetical prose. She nods again. If I were you, do you know what I'd do? Something stupid, probably. I'd answer yes or no to the question we left unsettled this morning. Will you be my... Rosario, interrupting him furiously. I will be nothing whatever to you. Shh, Grandmama. She's asleep. Then with a good deal of feeling in the jest. And I was just beginning to fancy that you might be so much, almost everything. Why almost? Do you think that any woman can completely fulfill a man's requirements, no matter how perfect she may be? Are you wise, then, to be so particular? 
wise or unwise, I want you. For a secretary? I want you. Rosario, looking towards her grandmother in partly pretended alarm. Good heavens! Shh! Won't you answer? Rosario, looking at him askance, but with a little smile. What salary do you offer? To my secretary, four hundred pesadas a month. It's very small. Six hours a day, and quite pleasant work. But it costs so much to live in these times. If you'll marry me as well, I'll add board and lodging for nothing. Thank you. I want nothing for nothing. Well, I'll raise your salary. Four hundred as secretary, and three hundred and fifty as wife, with board besides. Separate board. You might ask me to dinner sometimes. I shall ask you regularly on Thursdays and Mondays. Rosario, with a little quiet and rather happy laugh. How absurd you are. Thank God. I've heard you laugh again. Well, will you or not? Rosario, the modern woman with a vengeance. What guarantee can you give? For the money? That we shall be happy? None. What? Well, what guarantee can you give me? Happiness, believe me, is a very strange thing. You may find it by looking for it, or it may come by pure luck. And, looking back, you may find you weren't happy when you thought you were, or unhappy, for that matter, when you thought you were either. Guarantees are no good. Oh, yes, I know. People always promise each other a heaven on earth. There's no such thing. Isn't there? In the last chapters of novels... Your novels... My last chapters are shockingly bad, don't you think? I'm always too anxious to finish. But life's not a novel. Alas, no. But a far better book than the best of us ever will write. Such a good story, full of passion and thought, full of mysteries and revelation. Worth living, and better, far better, worth sharing. No, little Rosario... I can't promise you, or you, me, that love will be heaven on earth. But it will be life. No more than life. But nevertheless, I mean well. But I've lots of faults. So have you. Of course I know that. Or you wouldn't be human. Well, shall we try the journey together? No doubt we shall stumble a bit and... One or the other may fall now and then, but that won't matter, will it? If the one that is up helps the one that is down, I don't think we'll both ever be down together. That would be awful luck. Yes. We shall have troubles. Who hasn't? But we'll laugh at them when they'll bear it. We'll work a great deal, and we'll always have faith in our work. That's how one keeps young. We'll never think we're important people. So that a little bit of success will always seem a little bit more than we deserve. And we'll be as pleased with it as a child with his new shoes. That would be all very well if you loved me. But you don't love me. How on earth do you make that out? 
because you've been mocking me all the time. That's not like love, with the hat, with the letter you wrote yourself, and even when you walked in with the sheepdog. And my head broken. Yes, that was one to me, though I didn't do it, but the only one. And how beautifully I bear it. Little Rosario, I couldn't have slept tonight if I'd not made peace with you. Would you rather I'd send you a letter in my best literary style? Senorita, since first I had the joy of looking in your face. I thought you had a little more real imagination than that. Rosario, falling into his trap. Indeed, but I have. Oh, then why is it that I, so old and serious, must be teaching you that the way to get the best out of even the most serious things in life is still to keep your sense of humor about them? She says nothing, so now he goes very close to her. Well, which is it to be? Will you take the chance of being loved all your life by a man who gets his head broken so that he may sit here and talk a little real common sense to you? Rosario longs to say yes and struggles, apparently just with her inability to say it. Then suddenly, Doña Barbarita looks up. Oh, my dear child, do say yes or no. The two of them jump out of their skins as she says this. They had quite forgotten her, but Doña Barbarita continues coolly. Quite right to make difficulties up to a point, but... Weren't you asleep? My dear, do you suppose that in eighty years I've not been able to learn when to go to sleep and when to wake up again? Then Rosario runs to her grandmother like a child, kneeling, her head hidden in the old lady's lap. Oh, Grandmama, you say it to him. You say it. Doña Barbarita, caressing the child. And last night she was asking me for a latch key. She hasn't a mother, you know. I've spoiled her a little, and I'm so old now, perhaps I've forgotten what the things are she wants most to learn about life. I haven't been able to teach her, you see, even how to say yes. But Doña Barbarita gives her hand to de Cordoba, who kisses it, and the yes is thus almost said. And at the moment, as usual, Maria Peppa comes in. Now don't you go away till she has said it, or she'll cry her heart out and give us a terrible time. For we all love you, all of us, even though it's not my place to tell you. That's true. Rosario. Rosario, getting up and facing him, smiling, still shy, but bold. One condition. Juanita. Who's Juanita? You haven't forgotten. The girl in your new book. Good heavens, I had. She's not to marry Don Indalesio, not on any account whatever. She shall marry her Mariano on the day that you marry me. And pass her examination. With honors. Rosario, holding out her two hands to him. You promise? De Cordoba, taking her hands. I promise. The two old people gaze at them with entire delight, and Maria Peppa says, Pretty dears. 
End of Act 3 End of The Romantic Young Lady by Gregorio Martinez Sierra Translated by Harley Granville Barker